Greetings and welcome to the Southern Witching Hour podcast. You are now entering a liminal space, an in-between place, a realm of Southern supernatural stories and lore told in timeless time. For those of you who need more specifics, the Southern Witching Hour is right now, and I am your host, Lady G, a natural-born historian, storyteller, humorist, and writer with family ties in Alabama, Georgia, and Florida. Now, if you're looking for me, I'll be in the southern skies, north of the sunset, east of the moonrise, at twilight. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about summertime in the south. We'll also touch on a typical last day of school for kids like me who grew up in the 70s and 80s. So here was my morning routine. Every school morning, I used WTCG Superstation Channel 17 out of Atlanta as my alarm clock. I timed my activities by the TV shows. I had to be up by the time the Flintstones came on. I had to be dressed and about to leave when Bewitched was going off. And if I heard the Gilligan's Island theme, I was late. And I'd have to wake up mama and tell her that I missed the bus. (laughs) I'll spare y'all on what would happen after that. Now, so you see, in elementary school, I always had to walk at least two miles to catch the bus. So I had to time things just right. During the last days of school, we had something called field day. And on field day, we could wear shorts, which we really couldn't do in school, despite the fact that by June, it was already 211 degrees. Back then, we did not have central air and heat in those old buildings. All we had to cool us off were fans that were set to rotate back and forth across the class. Most times, I was so doggone hot, I couldn't focus on my work for waiting for the fan to rotate back over to my side of the class. Now, you have to remember, I grew up in Georgia, which is considered the Deep South. So by the end of the year, we really could easily be up to 95 degrees or higher. (laughs) Anyway, back to field day. On field day, we competed in races, played outdoor games. We ate junk food for lunch and we had sodas. Now, this was a real treat because in our school system, shout out to Richmond County School System Superintendent Dr. William Ulrich, we couldn't have anything but milk. Sometimes we had chocolate milk if we were lucky. Of course, the teachers had iced tea, and in the South, you know it was sweet. I wanted me a glass of that sweet tea so bad. And so, of course, on the very last day of school, you had to say goodbye to your teacher. My favorite teacher was Mrs. Scott because she was so nice. She would give us treats when we did a good job. She would put those silver, green, and gold stars on our papers. One time, she made homemade applesauce with homemade whipped cream. That was the best applesauce I ever had, and I don't think I've had any homemade applesauce since then. Now, one of my most vivid memories about my dear first grade teacher was that she played a little song with her ukulele called, Ain't She Sweet? She played and sang that song every day, and we started singing it with her. On the last day of school, she sang that song with tears in her eyes when each one of us gave her a hug as we walked out of the class for the last time. Ain't she sweet? See her walking down the street. I ask you there 
confidential and juicy. Anyway, on the last day of school, we usually didn't do much. Most times we'd have a party though. Everyone brought something. I always brought Lay's sour cream and onion or barbecue chips because those were my favorites. But before the party, we had to turn in all of our assigned textbooks. The teacher would check them, and if you damaged or, God forbid, lost a book, your parents had to pay the school. Now, as a side note, let me mention that when my parents were growing up in the 50s and 60s in Alabama in the heart of segregation, they had to pay for their books. Now, I don't know if they had to buy or rent the books, but can you imagine what a hardship that was for a poor family in the South? My mother was one of 11 and my father was one of five, so you know that had to be hard. Fortunately, my mom had spent most of her late childhood adolescent years in Ohio, so she was not required to buy or rent books up there. But when she returned to Alabama to finish school, she got kept back because my grandmother could not afford to pay for her books. Now that is crazy. Back to my original story. Before we turned in our books, we did a thorough shakedown on all of them to make sure we had removed all of the notes we passed back and forth with our friends. Passing notes was the analog version of text messaging. We had to find and delete them, <laughs> which meant tearing them to shreds and throwing them in the trash, lest they be found and read by the wrong party. Now, by the first official week out of school, it was hotter than hell, so we stayed in the house a lot, except, well, my brother. He was all over Augusta. <laughs> and on a typical summer day, I'd get up and make myself some cereal because my mother was not a morning person. Don't get me wrong, a hot dinner was waiting on us when we got out of school, but good grief, don't ask her to wake up and make breakfast. <laughs> anyway, I was always kind of weird when I was a kid, so I'd turn on the TV to watch Donahue. Y'all remember Phil Donahue? I watched that show religiously all summer long. That's probably why my conversation game is so strong, because I learned a lot about life by watching shows like that. Now, after Donahue went off, I would get my tape player and tape all my favorite songs off the radio. Man, I did that all summer long, and that's why I know so many songs from the 70s and 80s. Anyway, when I wasn't making unauthorized copies of songs, <laughs> I would ride my bike up to my friend's house. We would listen to music, dance and sing, and tell secrets. We would walk to the store, buy our favorite potato chips, candy, gum, soda, then go to the stadium bleachers and talk about all the boys we liked. We'd laugh and have a good time. Afterwards, I would leave to go home pretty early because I had a longer way to go. But when I got home, I'd usually go out back and play with my dogs. Whenever I went to my backyard, I knew I would have peace because nobody else wanted to play with my Dobermans. <laughs> Now, on any given summer night, I would climb one of the trees in our backyard and sit on a bench that my dad had made by nailing two two-by-four small planks of wood on one of the branches. I would sit there and daydream, looking up and out at the surrounding trees. When it started getting dark, I would be looking at the stars and the moon. Daddy bought me a little cheap telescope, and I'd sit for hours looking at the moon, each little crater. It was a little bit irritating, though, because the stars were too far away to really see. 
But after I did that, I would go on in the house, eat my dinner, get a shower, go to bed, do the whole thing over again the next day. I did that all summer long. Now, in July, we would go to visit my grandparents in Alabama, and that was always fun because I enjoyed seeing my aunts, uncles, and cousins. Oh, boy, did we have a good time at my grandmother's house. Most of my cousins called her Madea. My brother and I did not call her that, but for clarity's sake, I often refer to her as my dear to distinguish her as my maternal grandmother. By the way, my dear is a southern term of endearment combining the words mother and dear. Anyway, my dear had a wide open field behind her house filled with blackberry bushes. While I was there, she would tell all the grandchildren that if we go and pick some blackberries, she would make us a cobbler. Now, I often joke that my brother and I never got to taste the cobbler because she didn't make it until September or October. We were already long gone back to Georgia by then. <laughs> you see, we didn't get back to Alabama very often because we lived five hours away. Anyway, while we were there, we typically spend the night with my paternal grandparents where we sit out on the porch. My grandparents had a swing and we'd sit out there and watch the cars go by. And as I mentioned before in a couple of previous episodes, this is where I learned to listen to gossip and family lore and tales of the supernatural out on the porch. I loved every moment of it. Now, when we got back home from Alabama, usually after the 4th of July, it would be nearly time to go back to school, but not quite. So I'd continue on with my typical summertime routine. Of course, by now, our summertime sweet spot was being invaded by TV commercials and ads, hawking back to school clothes and even Halloween candy. <laughs> For most of us, it was still hotter than hell, muggy and rife with late afternoon, evening thunderstorms. So even Halloween, one of my favorite holidays, was too far off in the future to really contemplate. Ah, but we still have some summer left and we weren't ready to give it up so easily. Now, sometimes if we were lucky, mama would take us swimming to cool off some. But I couldn't swim, so I would just sit on the edge of the pool and dangle my feet in the water. Ironically, my mother was a great swimmer. She had learned while she was in high school in Ohio. It was a requirement. By the way, while she was in Ohio, she had gone to an integrated school, which was unheard of in the South in the early and mid-1960s. That said, Mama might have gotten a better education if she had stayed in Ohio, but I don't want to think about that too much because maybe she wouldn't have met my dad and then maybe I wouldn't be here talking to you. <laughs> so I guess everything worked out just fine. Now, I heard someone in the ethers checking my dates about school integration. I can hear them saying, hey, wait, the Brown ruling was in 1954. Well, that case advised Southern states to implement school integration with all deliberate speed, but they never really gave a precise deadline. So the South took its sweet time, at least until it was ultimately forced to follow through. <laughs> now, I believe that my graduating class was one of the very first classes to go all the way from kindergarten to high school, fully racially integrated. And I'll tell you one day about all the busing and zoning trickery they pulled in order to make it happen. Now, invariably in late summer, an unseasonably cool morning would arrive. 
and its sunbeams beaming a little bit different than they did the day before. To this, my mom would say, ah, it looks like a school day today. Now, this type of day usually happened right after dog days had ended. Dog days, you ask? Yes, dog days. You know, those miserable, muggy days in late summer when sores and illnesses take longer to heal? Now, legend has it that these days in late July and August are named after the dog star Sirius, the brightest star in the constellation Canis Major, meaning greater dog in Latin. They say there was a time when the rising of Sirius coincided with those hot and humid summer days. Now, maybe one day I'll Google it to see if that astronomical event still coincides with July and August in the Northern Hemisphere. Or maybe you might know, or maybe you'll Google it. (laughs) Either way, when a school day that wasn't yet a true school day arrived, we knew our summer days were numbered. That's right, the first chilly late summer morning with that slanted light signaled the return of fall and in turn, the return of a new school year. And before you know it, first grade turns to second, second to third, third to fourth, and so on until it's all over and done with, as if the whole thing was just one big dream. Well, it's getting late. I see the evening stars set over in the west. And I shall enjoy y'all. Now, I left a lot of meat on the bones of this discussion. If any of you want to pick at them, just drop me a line at Gwen, G-W-I-N, at thesouthernwitchinghour.com. Or you can follow me on Instagram at thesouthernwitchinghour. Hey, share this podcast with your friends and family. It's available on Amazon Audible, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and of course, Spotify. And I'm still working on Apple. (laughs) Anyway, I'll see y'all next time. Be safe and remember, Lady G loves you.